Hey, welcome. Bill Michaels Show coming to you and having a good day so far on a Monday. What a wild weekend of football we had. The Cowboys getting knocked out by the Jaguars. The largest lead in NFL history gone as the Colts couldn't hold on up in uh, Minnesota. You had the snowballs flying in Buffalo. I mean, what a wild weekend. Wild weekend of stuff going on. It was fun, though. It was a good time. I enjoyed it immensely. Immensely. What a what a good weekend of football. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Go ahead and do it. We uh, we would love to talk to you. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, one other uh, note here. We're going to talk about this coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit more. But uh, d- there was an article written in The Athletic. And we gave you snippets of it last week as we got to the end of the week. And then uh, the full article came out, and we're going to have the author of this article coming out of The Athletic on. Uh, Kaylin Kaler is going to be joining us. But basically, it's called a really tough transition in Aaron Rodgers' offense. And uh, it's signal meetings and Aaron Rodgers' little death stare, what it's like for Packers receivers, Packers rookie receivers. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about this coming up here in a little bit. It is... Um, if you've read the article, then you know where we'll go, but it, it is a tough, if you are a wide receiver coming into the Packers organization, it's already tough enough playing with a guy that is cerebrally up here. I mean, just, uh, on a different level. Okay. But then to be expected to be on that level. And if you're not, or he feels that you're not, to receive kind of the and, and here's here to receive kind of the the ire. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's it's just you, you get into the doghouse, okay? But let me ask you this, and this is for Packers fans. I want you to take a really good look at 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 the circumstance. You got you got to take your passion out of this, okay? You got to step back for a second. Because Greg Jennings left, had some things to say, people got pissed. Jermichael Finley left, had some things to say, people got pissed. Uh, Even Donald Driver early on had some things to say, people got pissed, and then Donald backed off. Donald knows. It's like, look, marketing-wise, this is suicide. I'm like a god in Wisconsin. I can go anywhere, do anything. I'm I'm buying cousins. I'm doing softball stuff. I've got awards banquets. I he he rules the roost in Wisconsin. So he he backed off of his original comments between Brett and Aaron. Okay, he backed off all of that. But it was said. I mean, it was out there. All right. So for these people that have come out, and other people have said things too, you know, but for people that have come out and said things that didn't necessarily have the best light to shine on the quarterback and on leadership and such inside the walls of 1265, they were shunned. You know, ah, oh, it's sour grapes. You're not here anymore. Ah, oh, you know, you're a Viking now, or you're, you're not here. Screw you. You know, that's the way it was looked at. But eventually you hear the same thing often enough. Eventually you got to go, hmm, is there something to this? Is it sound? Because one guy in one era to say something and then another another guy and now you've got another guy in another era and another guy in another era and eventually you got to at least say you know what there's a little bit of where there's smoke there's at least a little bit of fire right and that's what this article kind of sheds light on is the 
you you need to do as I tell you to do. Um, and I am going to quiz you in everything of life. And if you don't do what I want you to do, and that's it sounds like it's it's these discussions. We heard about the discussion of, you know, um, oh, by the way, you don't believe in 9-11, do you? The conspiracy theories. Go read it. You know, instead of just just being football, it's like I'm here for football. I'm not here to be a part of your book club. I'm not here to be, you know, your guest of honor over at your barbecues. I'm not here to, you know, watch a movie of your girlfriend. Uh, I am I'm here to play football. So but Rogers wants you on, on this different level. He wants to be able to communicate with you in certain things. So sometimes it is a give and take. It has to happen in that particular sense. Right. Sure, it does. But if it doesn't, is it fair to have that taken out on you? You know, that, 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 as they put it, the death stare. So it was just one of those things that uh, we're going to talk about coming up here in a little bit. I, I think it is a, uh, a a fair look to where you can say, I'll take a look, and then I'm going to decide for myself behind closed doors, and uh, and, and then I'll, I'll let you know kind of, you know, my thoughts and feelings and such on it. But it is, uh, it's, it's rather interesting. It's rather interesting. Bill, I specifically enjoyed the fact that there was a Randall Cobb in there who clearly has had a lot of success and figured it out with Rodgers, right, for time and time again. There were also uh, pieces with some of the receivers that did not work out, like Amari Rodgers or those that were only here for a year and couldn't really stick. It's basically the way I read this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that on one hand, if you get on his good side, you are cerebral. You, you, um, you know, try to elevate yourself. You fall into his good graces. If you don't, and you're just there to play football and you do what you can, but maybe you're not on the same intellectual level, then he kind of shuns you, which. To a certain extent, you have to ask yourself, how fair is that? Are you wasting a good talent because he just doesn't want to read your book or doesn't want to believe in the same philosophy you believe in when it comes to stuff away from the field? Or if it's this impromptu meeting of hand signals, yes, that's part of your job. But is he making it to where I'm going to know it? You have to come up to my level, and if you can't, I can't throw you the football. Are they making it so difficult that, and remember, Rogers is the one that says, I think we need to simplify things. Is, in essence, he making it so difficult that it's it's too difficult? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the question, and I think it's only case by case. Like with Amari Rogers, right. I think it was clear that no matter what, Rodgers was doing in terms of trying to get him up to speed that just wasn't really going to work where right. I'm not going to say Rodgers demanding a certain level is the reason he didn't work out here it, no no the play it, but, just wasn't good enough right but isn't it ironic that he leaves here and suddenly he starts becoming a target now granted it's it's Houston but he starts to have minimal amounts of success in Houston yeah there's probably some freedom that comes with it right lack of pressure so, you're, you're, well, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just more so the, the succumbing to pressure than it is anything else. But it's just interesting that, you know, he leaves, and the next thing you know, we're, the very next week we're reading about Amari Rogers catching touchdowns, pa- touchdown passes down in Houston, of all places. Not a quality quarterback, not a great guy, whatever, you know, not a, a great team. 
but yet he's all of a sudden catching touchdown passes. Now, he's not doing it consistently and having these big, you know, 10, 11 catch games, and it's not like he had this breakout season once he walked out the doors at 1265, but it certainly does say to you, you know, some of these guys can play. Sometimes it's up to you to get them the ball. We've talked about that. It's like uh, going back to the Chicago game. Randall Cobb's open. He's on the outside, wide open. I mean, stretches of yardage in front of him. And Rodgers, instead of just throwing him the ball, he tries to do this, well, this is our rule of if you have open you know, territory, you take off, I'll throw it to you here, and this and that. When Cobb's just standing there waving his arms like, throw me the ball. Just get it. Just get it to me. And and Rodgers tries to lead him way too much and just basically throws it out of bounds. And then they're looking at each other like, what the hell are you doing? And it's Rodgers thinking that you have to be on my cerebral level rather than just throwing the football. So that's kind of that's kind of it, I guess, for lack of a better term. It's kind of it. But it's just uh, it, it, this, this sheds a little more light on this. Might be the best way to put it. Sheds a little, little more light on this. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. And, and there you go. Sue says, even a blind squirrel finds a nut at times. Now, is it? that? See, that's immediately the reaction I was hoping for. Well, Rodgers is gone. Amari Rodgers stinks. Even a blind squirrel. Is it? How do you know? Maybe he just went to a system where they said, here you go, it's easy, it's receiving one-on-one, run the route, get open, we'll hit you with the football. Rather than thinking about everything. You know, one of the things that we've talked about in this particular, um, you know, Green Bay circumstance is, is how long does it take guys to get on the same page with Rodgers, right? Got to get on the same page. How long does it take? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why can other receivers go to other teams and immediately have impact? Why did Tariq Hill have such an impact right away in Miami? Devontae didn't have to get on the same page with Derek Carr. Now, they kind of knew each other prior to, but it wasn't. It, it's not the same offense they were running when they were in college. That happened. You know? Why do certain players just go into other certain, certain circumstances or receivers go into other onto other teams and suddenly just work? You know? Why does it just work? Sometimes I think they spend a lot of time making it so complicated to almost on-the-field testing players that when it doesn't work, it's immediately written off as, this guy doesn't know it. I can't trust him. When sometimes it's just get your playmakers the damn ball and let them go make plays. You know, that's it. Uh, complicated fellas, you're absolutely right. He said, Packer receivers, you're either in the circle of trust or you're not. And once you're out... Uh, of that circle, you're you're out, and uh, that that's there's no getting back in. You're right. Certainly seems that way, doesn't it? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to uh, James. James, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, I'm doing okay, Bill. Hey, I just wanted to touch on you were talking about some of the games over the weekend in uh-huh. the NFL. Uh, I don't know if you were watching any of the. Buccaneers game against the Bengals at all? Yeah. But mm-hmm. you were? I yeah. thought uh, 
Tony Romo was just absolutely, in my opinion, slurping on the Buccaneers about, oh, my God, they changed their offense, they're running motion, they're in rhythm, they're doing this, they're doing that. And I just thought he was slurping on them so much. And to me, he made one comment about Tom Brady, too, about the fact that, oh, he hasn't had, he doesn't have any diminished skills at all. Look at him fire that ball in there. Well, I agree. His arm strength, and he probably will always have that. I can probably call Brett Favre up right now and say, hey, Brett, can you come throw the football around? And he would be able to throw almost like he did back in his heyday. But to me, the thing that diminishes on guys like Tom Brady are the intangibles, like his footwork in the pocket, foot speed. He never was a, a, a very fast guy. Right. But to me, right. he's been slower in the pocket now than he was before, which I think might have caused as he moved up in the pocket that time and got hit and he fumbled, that might have caused the fumble there. Maybe in his, in his heyday, he would have been able to be a step ahead of that. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's the intangible things that people don't talk about or whatever. And I think that's where his skills diminish more than his arm strength necessarily. And I just wondered what your thoughts were about Tony Romo and his comments and Tom Brady. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the phone call. Let's do this. Uh, I'll come back and I'll address that when we come back. Because you bring up some good stuff that he had said yesterday. I I agree with you. There were times where he kind of went overboard on the Tom Brady worship. But at the end, too, when Cincinnati came back in that game, they were all over uh, Joe Burrow and, you know, in a positive way, all over Joe Burrow and Cincinnati for what it is they were doing. And obviously he, he did criticize uh, the interception that Brady had saying that was just a poor throw and shouldn't have thrown it. So I want to get into that as well. Let's do that. I'll, I'll kind of address it when we come back. Stay tuned. Uh, got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. They are playing some good hockey. And if you want to see some hockey action, some AHL hockey action, and maybe the, the stars of tomorrow today on the ice down at the U.S. Uh, or excuse me, at the uh, the uh, UWM Panther Arena, all you got to do is go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is Milwaukee Admirals. Dot com, whether it's single game tickets, group tickets, big old party, you want to go rent out the end zone, or you want to see some of the concerts and the promotional nights, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Good stuff. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Halfway through the program, coming up in the next hour, Mike Clemens going to join us and going to be talking to him in Green Bay as uh, we're all going to be heading north. Packers and Rams coming up a little bit later on tonight. Don't forget the Green and Gold Post Game Show immediately following the contest this evening on many of these same stations and on YouTube, Twitch TV, and on the uh, Zone app coming out of Madison and uh, many other ways to listen to the program. Joining us now, though, on the uh, hotline, Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic, joining us in regards to the article that uh, that, that was wrote, uh, written, I should say, uh, about what it's like to be a receiver inside the walls of 1265 and working with Aaron Rodgers. Kaylin, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so, first of all, what brought this up? Uh, what, what brought an inside look into the walls of 1265 and what it's like to work with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, two things. I think uh, the early part of the season, 
literally the first play of the season, seeing how how the season started with um, that drop of, by, by Christian Watson, and you know seeing Dobbs and both Watson struggle. Obviously, there were injuries involved there, but um, I just started noticing like you know Aaron is having to rely on rookies this year in a way that he hasn't had to in the past uh, when he had uh, you know number one and number two receivers being like very long tenure veterans. Um, so this is kind of the first time that we saw him really having to incorporate rookie receivers in the offense. And I think the early part of the season showed us how hard that is. Um, you know, and obviously Watson missed camp, uh, which didn't help with his development, but I thought there might be more to it. And then I was doing the story on another player, like completely unrelated to the Packers, but he had spent time with the Packers last season. And, you know, he told me, he just mentioned offhand, like, oh, it was really hard uh, to learn the signals in that offense. Like it was really difficult uh, because they're not really officially taught. And this player had um, gotten their mid season. So he, he was not, you know, he was trying to learn on the fly having, having arrived in the middle of the season. So I just kind of filed that away and I was like, Oh, maybe that would explain why the transition, you know, from afar appears to be so difficult. So then um, I started calling, you know, former players, uh, who had recently been there, a couple of guys uh, who were cut from the practice squad this season or last spring, and then Amari Rogers and, and Kylan Hill, who were obviously cut um, a couple, maybe it was just a month ago. I think it was in November, early November uh, when they were cut. And so I just started calling them to ask about, you know, the process of learning those signals, just the process in general of learning the offense and as a rookie and how it's so much different and more complicated than obviously any college offense, which is what they're coming from. Um, so yeah, I was really curious to see what their experience was like and how it is to be with a, a quarterback like Rogers, who is so experienced, so detailed, so particular, and to be coming into that as a brand new NFL player, what that's like. So uh, let's start with uh, the difficulty, because it seems like there are times when other receivers go to other teams and they just fit right in. They come in and they start catching yeah. passes, catch, catching touchdowns. It's no big deal. And we talk about the difficulty for anybody because I, I look at it this way. The Packers don't have time to start teaching guys how to do this and say, oh, over the next two to three years, you're going to get better. They need people now. If you're going to hang on to Rodgers right. for the next couple of years, you have to have people now. So if it's that difficult, aren't they then in essence kind of treading water and really they're not getting to their goal because they're not putting the right people in the right place to make plays? Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing now – you know, Christian is obviously a lot more comfortable in this offense now. Um, and the last month, I mean, the first sentence of my, of my story was like, Christian Watson almost ruined the story idea. Um, because, you know, he's really come into his own and emerged in the last month. But if you remember back to like mid season, right before the trade deadline, Aaron was like begging for the team to make a move at receiver because Sammy Watkins was hurt. Cobb was hurt. The rookies were struggling. Um, you know, he was he was really urging to get a trade here. So, uh, you know, it's been a long season in Green Bay. And I think your point of, you know, treading water, it's true because, like, they when they traded Devontae Adams, I don't know if they underestimated how uh, long it would take or what the process would be like of incorporating a rookie or multiple rookie receivers into this offense and needing to rely on them in a way, as I mentioned earlier, that they really haven't had to before. But, like, you know, I mean, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, a very small chance. But I, I do think that the 
underestimation of, you know, what it would take to get this offense to the strength that it was when it had Devontae Adams. Um, I think I think that is a big reason as to why, you know, it's like too late. It's like Christian Watson's development came too late. Romeo Dobbs, I mean, the injuries are a part of this as well because Dobbs had been playing better right before he got hurt as well. So it's really just unfortunate timing. But, I mean, you're right. Like, typically receivers in the past, receivers, it was very rare for a receiver to come out as a rookie and be elite and be totally ready to go. But in the last few years, you know, receivers are more prepared than ever coming from college to enter the NFL game. Um, You know, we've seen some really elite ones just kind of like take the NFL by storm, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Um, You know, and obviously Christian Watson was not a first rounder, but, you know, he's close. So I do think, you know, my main takeaway from doing this story was like, it is harder to enter an offense where your quarterback has been around for so long and has developed such a particular way of doing things because so much more is expected of you and there's so much little patience for you to learn it. Do you think that the young guys have, uh, they obviously look at Rodgers as a Hall of Famer and it's like, oh my God, I get a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers. But do you also think they look at it after a while like, he wants us to be at his level. We're not going to be. It's almost a deterrent. I've always said the best leaders are the ones that lower themselves to your level to raise you up rather yeah. than just sit up there and demand that they come up to your level. Right. Um, I totally agree with that. I think And when I was talking to EQ St. Brown, he's in Chicago now. I live in Chicago, so I was at Sarah's Open Locker Room, and I, I was asking him basically that question, you know, like what is the difference between – playing with Justin Fields, the second-year quarterback in Chicago, and playing with Aaron Rodgers, who was so experienced. And he said, you know, in Chicago, he has more of a voice in the offense. He he said Justin Fields is still learning things so he can communicate and have more conversation. I think his direct quote was, there's more conversation. And I think that conversation aspect is really important, especially for young players, so that they're not intimidated, so that they're not feeling like they're never going to measure up. Um you know, but then you ask the player like Cobb that question and he's like, well, do you want the ball? Like, what do you want? If you want the ball, you have to do it the way the quarterback wants it done. So, you know, I mean, there's two sides to that argument, but I, I do think like the conversation, the dialogue is helpful for a rookie. Um, and especially this year, you know, as you, you know, as you mentioned, like if you wanted to help them a little bit more, I think there are ways that they could do that. I think, you know, Nobody was nobody I talked to was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is harassing me. And, like, it, it wasn't that at all. This was, like, hardly even a negative. I mean, a lot of people were saying this was a hit piece on Aaron Rodgers on Twitter. And I was like, I don't know what you guys are reading because, like, right. everybody was on the record. Like, nobody was really saying anything that negative about him at all. It's just an inside glimpse as to how it's done and what's expected of you. And the fact of the matter is there's a lot expected of you. And I was just talking to a coach yesterday who – uh, had experience with Peyton Manning and he was like Peyton was very similar like there was very little patience and the expectations were like you need to know what you're doing right away um, you know and as Sammy Watkins said like it's almost like there's two offenses and he said if you're not 100% up to date you know you're not going to be playing well like you're you're not gonna like hit that low state in this offense essentially 
is that then almost detrimental to the offense, though? I mean, here's my question. I mean, because we see guys play with other quarterbacks, they get indoctrinated almost right away. Is And I keep going back to it. And I know Rodgers. I know guys like Brady. I know these guys. You know, the argument is that Rodgers and Manning will only win one or two Super Bowls because their high level of expectation and their obstinance because of it has also made them almost you can't play with them. There are certain guys that can't play with them because yeah. they don't have that ability to be as smart as them. So, therefore, they have great talent, but they're just shunned. They're, you're just, quote, in yeah. the doghouse. You get the death stare. It it's yeah. almost becomes a detriment, too, doesn't it? I do. I think it does. Um, I think it's not the most welcoming environment. And, you know, as Amari Rogers said, um, I think my exact question to him was, like, uh, how was the what was the communication like with Aaron? Like, could anything have been better as far as the communication? The question was not, um, you know, why why were you fumbling? But like that was not what I asked him. I asked him about the communication in the offense, and his answer was, Aaron didn't really talk to them about non the young guys about non football things. I think he was very available to have conversations about the offense, which is great. But like. They didn't feel Amari's opinion, and Kylan Hill backed this up, and and so did um, Chris Blair, who was a practice squad receiver. Their opinion as as young guys in this offense was that, you know, Aaron had his clique, he has his veterans who he's friends with, um, and the the younger guys just didn't really feel comfortable approaching him um, to talk about things and like to to form a bond. Which I think, like, yeah, and, and Randall Cobb was like, oh well, that team is a team has. 53 players like we're supposed to be friends with all 53 players we're supposed to hang out with everybody outside of work obviously not like that's unrealistic we all have co-workers that we are not friends with and that we don't really relate to on a personal level but I think that's just part of the reality here is that Aaron is now so much older than the rookies and um they feel that they feel that gap very strongly I think and I think that's that's part of it here is just the ability to connect with each other is like from what Amari and Kylan said, is just not really there right now. Talk with Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic uh, wrote the piece uh, regarding Aaron Rodgers. Uh, here's my question. Out of all of this, you take all this information, and do I look at it, if I'm sitting in the walls of 1265, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is not a rip piece, but this is a reality piece of what it's like behind closed doors. Do I then, with two years remaining on his contract, hand this to Aaron Rodgers and say, "Dude, you got to be more accessible. You got to be here. You got to be more welcoming. You got to you got to help elevate these guys, rather than saying, "Ah, Cobb will coach him up and this and that. I don't have to show up. I'm not going to do this. I won't do that. And then when I get there, I'll expect them to be on my level." Is this the reality piece for Rodgers or for anybody coming into the system saying you're going to have a really difficult time with it if you don't make friends with this guy and go talk to him? Um, I mean, I think it would be helpful for players entering this offense to read this, but the reality is I think Aaron pretty much runs the show in Green Bay. So uh, I don't know that, like, who knows if he will read this story. Who knows? I'm sure people in the building have read it, but will it actually lead to any conversation with him? I have no idea because my impression is that, you know, he's he's kind of in charge there. So I, I don't know that, like, he'll change his ways at all. And, like, you know, I mean, there are conflicting opinions. Like, I think Dobbs and Watson have, have said, you know, he is approachable, like, during camp and, and saying nice things about him. And he said nice things about them as well. So, you know, it's hard to know exactly what's going on. But 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I, I think everyone should learn something from this. Uh, I think there's some a lot of helpful takeaways, but I don't know that anybody will. And I think your point earlier was in, uh, interesting because, like, obviously when I'm reporting this, I'm only looking at Aaron and I'm only looking at Green Bay. But I think if you did the same story on Tom Brady, it would probably be very similar um, because, you know, New England never really had a ton of success with highly drafted receivers either. Um, there weren't many of them with Brady that really panned out. So I think there is probably something to be said just in general. A truth of the matter is that it's just so much tougher for a rookie to enter a situation with a with an elite quarterback. And I think most of the time you'd think, oh, well, that's probably the best situation for them because they're going to play with someone who's really, really good. And I think that's like the common sense part. But, but when you look at it on the other side, like it, it is almost like the expectations are too high. So that's really all I intended to do with this story is just kind of like ask the question of like, are the expectations too high? And there's really, there's not going to be one answer to that. You know, everyone can kind of develop their own opinion on that. And each player is going to have a different opinion on that too. Kayla, good stuff. I really appreciate the article and uh, I'll, I'll repost it so people can take a read too. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic, and she, uh, she has written the piece regarding Aaron Rodgers. And I, I want to get your reaction to that because I, I find this incredibly interesting. It's basically a piece out of The Athletic. If you haven't seen it, it's called Signal Meetings in Aaron Rodgers' Little Death Stare, What It's Like for Packers Rookie Receivers. And it seems via the headline like it's a rip piece, but it's not. It's a really honest look at whether or not you as a, a receiver – uh, have that ability to get on the same page with the quarterback and the quarterback tell I've always said this and, and this was drained grained into my head years ago that and that great leaders first of all they have the ability to delegate allow people to do what they do best secondly they lower themselves to elevate they don't expect you to rise up to meet their needs they lower themselves to elevate you to elevate, it's like the high tide raises all ships, but you got to get the water under the ship first. You know, you can't just have the water outside the ship sitting on dry ground saying you got to get higher because it ain't going to happen. You got to elevate. And it's it's a really good insight into guys like Rodgers that are aging. I, see, Brady's a different cat. You don't hear about Rodgers gathering guys and putting them on high school fields and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. I think there's a similarity there, absolutely. But one of the things that was brought up to me a while ago, and this was maybe a couple of years, when you look at the end of Peyton Manning's career and you look at uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and you look at some of these guys that have been great, but they haven't won numerous Super Bowls. Now, Brady obviously ran into the buzzsaw that – or excuse me, uh, Manning was obviously the guy that ran into the buzzsaw that was Brady. So that's kind of tough. You know, it's like guys that didn't win championships when Michael Jordan was at his peak. It just, you know, ran into Jordan. But – when you look at their demand and their knowledge and their level, and they expect you to be on that level, the question is, do they lower themselves to help you to get to that level? Or do they just demand you get there? And when you're not, they give you the death stare. It's like, you're not going to be there. And we're, we're never going to be on the same page. I can't work with you. You got to go. You don't get it there. That's because there's a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good receivers that you may not be able to work together if you're on two different levels and just don't have that ability to connect. So it's it's a really interesting piece. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, our friends down there, <laughs> excuse me, 
uh, in Franklin, Wisconsin. They have the Lux Golf Bays. Lux Golf Bays. LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. But they have the Enchanted North Pole going on right now. Now, they've got tons of bays. They're heated. Even this time of year, yeah, with the cold weather and the snow coming and stuff, you can still hit some balls. Okay. But if you want to go to the Enchanted North Pole, you want to see Santa, you want to take the kids, you want to do some cocoa, it's all the way up through the 24th, Thursday, uh, Thursday Friday, Saturday, all the way through. You want to do all that this weekend, they have it. And they've got it going on right now down at Lux Golf Bays. Go to LuxGolfBays.com. It's located in Franklin, Wisconsin. That's LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com or EnchantedNorthPole.com. EnchantedNorthPole.com. And uh, you can uh, stop down there with the kids, enjoy some of the holiday Because your shopping's done, right? Sure it is. Go to LuxGolfBays.com and make your reservations now or EnchantedNorthPole.com. That's EnchantedNorthPole. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.